So tonight, not really, not really preaching, just just talking and pointing us to Jesus. Is that okay? Uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we trust in you, and we know you, and we know your Father's heart. So we look to you tonight, Lord. Lord, not trying to be anything that we're not, Lord, but trying to be your children who just need a touch from you, Lord, need healing from you, Father, but full of faith, expect great things from you. And we believe in the future that you have for us, Lord, the promise of your word and that they are true and that you are true. So we look to you and the life we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Mark Manty, who uh, is a friend to us, helped plant this church. Um, uh, one of my dearest friends. He, he died this week. And um, this is Mark, and this is his wife, Jen. Uh, in the back is that incredibly handsome strong young man is Riley that is Mark's son and Mark and Jen have three daughters and Mark on Tuesday uh, he took his life and we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it for this reason I've gotten a half dozen phone calls emails, texts saying Mark Pastor Mark, is Mark Manti in heaven? Where is Mark Manti? My heart is breaking. He, he, as, as our youth leader, he pointed me to Jesus. He led me to Jesus. Where, where is he? Why, why did he do this? And of course, many, why, why, why? Friends, I'm here to tell you that, that we're not going to have the answers to the why. There is no good answer to the why. There is not an acceptable answer to why. There is not. We will not find an answer to why and anything that we try to piece together will will be so insufficient understanding friends we're not going to have understanding we're not going to have understanding if we're looking for understanding in this it's it's just not there i'm not going to point to the troubles and the hardships and the things that Mark was struggling with because you know what? We all have hardships and struggles that we do. All of us. Marriage, finances, raising kids, work, homes, all these. We all face them. We all have hurts. We all have disappointments. And so I, I'm not going to point to those things even though those things are there. I, I knew Mark, but I'm not going to point to those things. Because they're gonna, they will fail as an explanation for why. None of the things that Mark was going through or the combined sum of those things should have led to him taking his life. Is Mark in heaven? That's the question. Is Mark in heaven? Did this horrific sin negate the salvation that Jesus once offered him? That's the question, right? 
That's what we're going to talk about. When we talk about suicide, we, hi girls, can we, can we scoot, get some room or kind of scoot together? This, I want, uh, this is, these are two of Mark's beautiful daughters and they're coming in. And I just want us, we will take time to find a seat for, for you ladies. And equally as handsome as your brother is, you guys are just equally as beautiful. We love you guys, and it's it's wonderful to see you tonight. Uh, we've all been praying for you guys. We've all been lifting you up. We've all been mourning with you, and and our God is faithful. But uh, wonderful to see you guys. In the Bible, we have an example of suicide, right? Judas. So Matthew twenty-seven three through five. We see an example. It says, when Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the elders. I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they retorted. That's your problem. Then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. There's a big problem with this right here when we point to to Judas as our example of suicide and especially when we make it an example of, of a Christian doing this. Judas did not betray an innocent man. That's what Judas' words were. Stop, stop, I've made a mistake. I betrayed an innocent man. Judas didn't betray an innocent man. Judas betrayed the Son of God. When we talk about Judas being cursed, he betrayed the Son of God. But his words were, I betrayed an innocent man. We group Jesus or, or Judas in with the disciples and say, since he hung with the disciples, he was a Christian. Judas didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. What does Romans 10 say? It says, if we believe. What does all throughout the book of John say? If we believe, if we believe, if we believe, our our salvation is absolutely based on our belief. I believe. Judas never believed. And that's what the book of John tells us. In John 6, 61 through 70, this is what it says. Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. And he knew who would betray him. Then he said, That is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the twelve of you, but one is a devil. These are Jesus' words. I, I chose you. I chose the 12 of you. 
But one of the twelve that I chose is a devil. Judas never believed, and Jesus knew that Jesus never believed. Jesus, Judas never believed in Jesus. But Mark Manti did. Mark Manti did. I knew Mark Manti. I met Mark Manti in the fall of 1998 and we were immediately thrust into ministry together. Karen and I moved to a church and we were almost immediately set in as youth pastors. Mark and Jen had had a burden for the youth of the church so they had started just assembling teens together. So as soon as we started the youth ministry, there was our, our right-hand men. So since 1999, Karen and I, we served in ministry with Mark Manti. Mark loved Jesus and didn't just know about Jesus, but he knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. So, Mark knew Jesus, but yet he still did this. Yep. He did. When we think about life, we think about it in terms of past, present, and future, right? We remember the past, we experience the present, and then we, we imagine or we hope for the future. You know, but we, we don't see the future. You know, we... We remember the past. We remember most of it. We remember the last, I don't know, handful of years. And then the parts from the distant past, all of a sudden they become much more glorious than they actually ever took place. But when God, when He sees our lives, He doesn't see it like we see it. Let's use the example of a parade. Went to the Rose Bowl parade one year. It was awesome. I had a seat. We had a seat in a bleacher. And everything passed by in front of us. You know, and when we, when a band was coming, you could hear the band was coming. You heard it in the distance, and all of a sudden, now the band's here, and it passes right in front, and it's really loud, and then it fades out, and then it goes. And the next float comes by. And that's the way we see life. We see it as it passes by. But in that parade, God, God's a good year blimp, okay? You know, God's, you know, God's up there, and He sees it all at once. He, he sees it all. He's like, Okay, there's there's the bands, there's the floats, there's the jugglers, there's everything. There's, you know, this is the route. He, he sees it all. When he sees our lives, he, he doesn't have to adhere to time because God is not bound by time. He sees our lives and he sees it all. Beginning, end, everything in between. So when we trust our lives in Jesus and we say, I believe in you, I believe in you, and I place my life in your hands and I trust you and I give you my life and I make you Lord and Savior. What he does is he looks at that moment and he says, I see all this sin. I see everything you've done. I see all these reasons why you need the salvation that came through my son Jesus Christ. Right? God sees that, right? But he also sees the future and he goes, I see everything you're going to do. I see 
how how true and, and genuine your heart is right now, but I see that a day later you're going to totally lose your temper and blow it and do this and that or or much, much worse. He sees it all. And then he sees the moment that we die. He sees it all and he goes, yes. Yes. My love, my grace, the blood of my son Jesus, it is all enough. Yes. See, we're not just, we don't have to get saved every week, folks. We don't have to get saved every week. When I go out and sin, I, I repent. I repent. I change my way of thinking. I say, I'm sorry, Lord. I know this is your way of thinking. And, and when I did this, Lord, that didn't line up with you and it doesn't line up with your heart and it doesn't line up with your word. So I change my mind. That's what repent means in its simplest forms. I change my mind and I agree with you. That's repentance. So when we sin... We don't have to get saved all over again because the blood of Jesus was enough. We just repent. Lord, I repent. I look to you. I agree with you. And Lord, I, I, I'm sorry for, for doing this, thinking this, feeling this. But Lord, it's not just enough to be sorry. Lord, I, I make action. I, I, I repent. Help me, Lord. We cry out. Help me, Lord. Help me, because I, I don't want to do it again, but give me your strength. That, when we talk about salvation, that's what it is. Not just forgiveness for the past, but forgiveness for it all. Is His, is his grace really big enough to forgive us for it all? Is the work of Jesus really big enough to forgive us for it all? That seems awfully gracious right it seems awfully gracious yeah it yeah now i want to i want to drive home a point i'm talking specifically right now about our friend mark Banty. i'm talking about mark because we can attest to mark's life we can attest to the fruit of his life we can test to relationship so i'm talking i'm not just throwing out a, a, a blanket statement i'm talking about a man a friend a brother a dad a husband a, a minister okay what do we know about the nature of god What do we know about the heart of God? See, friends, there's so many times we don't know His ways. We don't. There's times we're like, Lord, I would have never done it that way, and I sure wish you wouldn't have done it that way. Lord, I don't like your ways. And it is okay at times to go, Lord, I don't like your ways. Lord, I don't like the way... <laughs> I don't like the way you've laid this out. Because it's hard. So we don't always know His ways. But my friends, we never, ever have to doubt His heart. Our God who sent His only Son to pay the price for our sin. We never have to doubt His, His heart. That's what He did for us. We don't always know His ways, but we always know His heart. So i got a question for you. When Mark cried out and said, when he was a, a young man, 
a teenager. And when he gave his life to the Lord and he said, I am a sinner. And I need a Savior. And I believe you and I believe that you paid the price for my sin. And I repent of my sin and I place my trust in you. And Lord, I believe you. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. When he did that, and God, you know, remember the parade, the blimp, you know, and the Lord sees it all. He sees Mark crying out. And he sees it all. Does it line up with the nature and the heart of God to say, Yes, I give you my salvation. I give you my forgiveness. I give you my grace. I give you everything except for the time you need it the most. Except for that moment when you were going to make the stupidest, most selfish, wrongest, worst decision of your life. You have my grace and my salvation, my free gift of salvation, paid for by the blood of my son Jesus. You've got it. Except for that moment that you need it the most. You find that anywhere in Scripture that that is the heart of God or the nature of God. That doesn't even sound right. Religion teaches us it's the unpardonable sin. Religion teaches us that suicide is the unpardonable sin, but the Bible does not. The book of Matthew addresses that. We, we went over it in Matthew 9 and Matthew 11. The unpardonable sin is to deny the power of God. It's those religious leaders who saw the miracles, you know, healing, blind eye, lame, lame man, dead girl, all this. They saw all of this, casting out demons. And then they said, that he all, he's doing all this by, by the power of Satan. This is all by his father, Satan. And Jesus is like, you have just blasphemed the Holy Spirit and that is the unpardonable sin, to deny my power and attribute it to Satan. Which, to be honest with you, I don't even think a Christian's capable of doing the unpardonable sin. I mentioned that before because that's what our hearts, when we give it to God, Mark should have turned to Jesus. Jesus would have carried him through whatever he was going through. Mark should have turned to Jesus. He should have ran to Jesus and said, I help, heal, I need you. Mark should have ran to Jesus. But he did not. So did that negate the work of the cross in his life? There's no Bible for that. There's no scriptural evidence for that. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and called according to His purpose for them. Jesus would have done this for Mark. 
if he would have looked to him. He would have caused all the hardships going on in his life to work together for his good and for the good of those who are called according to him, for his good, for his family's good. Jesus would have done this for Mark. But right now, wherever we are, whatever state of mourning we're at, he will do the same for us if we will look to him. If we will look to him, if we will look to him, he will turn this for our good. How in the world will he turn this for our good? Doesn't that sound almost, I mean, ridiculous? How in the world will he turn this for our good? He will. I don't know how. I don't know. But he will. I don't know how. But he will. You know, in this area here, we've had devastating fires in the past. Recently in Boulder. And when the fires were over and you drive past it and you saw this black, desolate, barren death on the landscape. If you drove past it, After those fires, you say, nothing will ever grow here again. Nothing will ever live here again. Nothing will ever thrive here again. That is death. But if you wait a season, and you come back next year, that place that was once death, is now it houses the greenest grass in the area. Isn't that awesome about God? That area that was black and desolate and no life in it now is the greenest grass on the hill. And you start seeing signs of life come back. That's how God intends it, to turn death into life. That is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ demonstrated in nature, nature declaring The glory of God. That death will not hold us back. Nature declaring the goodness of God. I don't know how he'll do it. But I know that he will. You know, I was was conflicted. I was, you know conflicted today about what to even wear normally i wear you know i wear all stars you know and i'm wearing these you know and you know they're nice but you know i'm like i gotta dress a little nicer richard wears it all the time i don't (laughs) lord buy that brother some tennis shoes (laughs) you know i i have i have a dry cleaned black shirt i have a dry cleaned white shirt I thought about putting on the black. But then I remembered we're doing a baptism back in the old day in the South. You know, they always wore white, you know, during baptism. So I'm like, okay, I got to wear white. I'm like, I can't wear white because I'm mourning. So I got to go black. So I ended up wearing both. (laughs) I ended up wearing checkers, black and white checkers. You know what? We don't have to have the answers. 
We don't have to know the right way to mourn, the right way to celebrate. We don't have to know when it is. But I, I do tell you this. We're calling out to God and saying, Lord, heal my heart. Lord, heal my heart. We never have to make apologies when all of a sudden our heart is free of death. We never have to make apologies when our heart is free of pain. We never have to say, Lord, I, I should still be mourning. He's like, no, you called out to me and you said, heal you and I healed you. So when we are being healed up, we don't have to make apologies for it. We just have to give God glory for it. Mark should have ran to Jesus. But I'm telling you right now, there's no doubt in my mind that that man's life, he lived for Christ. He loved God. He believed in God. He led people to Jesus. He prayed for people. He ministered to us. At times when I had the, the worst betrayal in my life, when, when I, I was hurt, it was him that came back and said, hey, what does the word say? You've got to forgive. You've got to forgive, Mark. You can't hold on to that, especially planting a church. You hold on to that, we will have a church full of unforgiving people. You've got to forgive. You've got to bless. It was Mark constantly. I mean, I couldn't even vent to the brother. I couldn't even, not even a little, because he'd keep pointing me to Jesus. It was so frustrating. <laughs> My friends, we will only point each other to Jesus. We will not look back and be bound in death. But we will look to Jesus Christ who started our faith, who is building our faith, and who will complete our faith if we look to Him. There's a blue shirt I'm wearing next week. I won't be conflicted about what to wear. It's very pretty. You're going to love it. My friends... We don't have to be conflicted about where our brother is. I'm telling you right now, the grace of Jesus is enough. The blood of Jesus was enough. The love of God was enough. I'm telling you that. Everything in the Bible points to that and supports that. And for crying out loud, people, Judas didn't even believe, man. He didn't even believe in Jesus. He was an innocent man. No, he wasn't. He was a... See that? I was, hey, I was about to get, I was about to get worked up. All right, deep breath. He's our risen Savior. He's our conqueror. He is our King. And if we will look to Him, we will be healed. Mantis, we hurt with you and we love you so much. You will not walk a step or a day alone. And we will constantly be pointing you back to Jesus, saying, Jesus has a plan for your life. We love you. We love you. God's got an amazing plan for your life. Amazing. Look to Him. Look to Him. We're all doing the same. We're looking to Him. We look to Jesus. Proverbs 18.10 says this. 
The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to Him. The godly run to Him and are safe. We run to Him. I say it time and time again. The beauty of our relationship with God. Dalton, the beauty of our relationship with God. Who's the strong one in this relationship? Who's the weak one? We get to be the weak one. We get to be the weak one. We get to run to Him who's the strong one. We don't have to have the strength for it. We get to run to the one who's the strong one. And He gives us His strength. And He gives us His joy. And He gives us His peace. A month ago, we planned tonight's baptism, water baptism at the end of the service. And if Mia would have had her way, we would have done it a month prior to that. Um, she'd be like, what are we doing with baptism? I need to get dunked. And, and as God's sovereignty would have it, this was the night it was planned. Hawk is standing here right now, a born-again Christian, a servant of the Most High because of Mark Manti. Mark told Hawk, you can, you can tell him about it, when Hawk was hurting Mark pointed Hawk to Jesus. And Hawk is here tonight because of that. Hawk told me this week, we were over at the Mantis, and he's like, hey, you know what you're doing this week? And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing this week. I have no. He's like, I mean the baptism. Are you still doing the baptism? And before I had a chance to answer, he's like, we still need to do the baptism. We still need to do the baptism. You can't cancel the baptism. That's what brothers are for, huh? So why would we cancel the baptism when the baptism represents life? When it represents the resurrection power of Jesus Christ from death into life, and that's what we here have. Mourning lasts for a season, and for each of us it's a different that season's a different time. But joy is ours. Joy it comes in the morning. You know, I, I've told many of you this this week when you've asked me, how am I doing? And I've used this example that God just more than ever, He let me know about daily bread. You, know, you ask how I'm doing? I have enough for today. I don't have enough for tomorrow. But I got enough for today. And I will wake up tomorrow and you know what I have? New mercies. And daily bread, that's enough for tomorrow. Our God is faithful.